everyone i hope you're enjoying your spring so far farmers markets are open cherry blossoms are blooming the sun has been shining intermittently in the pacific northwest it's just starting to feel like things are coming back to life you know after what felt like a a cold long hard winter or year and a half <laughs> so welcome back to outside the studio today I'll be introducing you to Michelle Thompson, who is someone that I've had the opportunity to sit in circle with and share and to, to share, yes, but also to receive wisdom from her. It's, she's one of those people that, um, she just, she'll like open her mouth and drop a wisdom bomb. (laughs) And I always remember sitting there feeling like, gosh, I just want to capture everything that comes out of Michelle's mouth. So, which is one of the reasons why I felt like it was important to have her on the podcast. And also because so much has shifted in her life recently and she's, she's gone down a whole new path, which we'll go into detail over, but it's lending itself to her offering her teachings um, of yoga and um, of coaching to the world at large, which is, you know, one of the silver linings of going through COVID and having things shift so radically for Michelle, it created this new avenue for uh, a more creative life or a more maybe fulfilling life. I'm not trying to put words in Michelle's mouth, but this is my interpretation. So with a grain of salt, just take that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I got, I had the pleasure uh, again of being in Michelle's home. Her husband is this amazing artist. So you'll see in the background, just a little bit of artwork on the walls. And uh, it just felt like, um, gosh, you know, these last couple of episodes, it's been interesting that they've, I've been surrounded by art. So there's kind of this, this thread there that I've been following, um, which maybe is its own conversation in and of itself. So without further ado, I will introduce you to Michelle and let us take the conversation away. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you have any follow-up questions, any comments, any feedback, please let me know. It really helps me to guide future conversations to hear back from you all. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy. All right, Michelle. (laughs) It's so nice to have you here. Thank you for having me in your beautiful home. Oh, it's it's nice to see you in person. It's been yeah, I can't even remember the last long time, I saw time you. in person. Like obviously over a year. Yeah, like a year and a half. Okay, so it's it's funny how like time to me feels like such this um, intangible thing that like expands and contracts when I don't see someone. Mm-hmm. It could be years, it could be months, and then I see someone and I'm like, oh yeah, Michelle, like we yeah. hang out all the time. And, and it's confusing we because we see, more than ever, we see each other through social media, yeah. and it feels like we're seeing each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But physically, we haven't sat across from each other for about a year and a half. When yeah. we had that lunch together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. When we wrapped up a teacher training together, Yoga Nidra, weren't you Was that, that before or after? I can't remember if that was before or after It was like October. Right, right in the very beginning. It might have been actually. Actually, we might have actually um, beginning. No, I didn't attend that. Oh, okay. I did the, the Yoga Nidra. <laughs> yeah, so did which I. Is, which was at the end. 
like October, I want to say, of 2019. Yeah, I was there. So I was there. So okay. we might have seen each other. That might have been the last time. Yeah. So Michelle and I have done countless teacher trainings together. Yeah. <laughs> Through Rosie. The last one we did together was Yoga Nidra, which m- m- most of you that listen to this already know what Nidra is because you may have listened to my recordings. You may have heard me talk about it before. But just in case you're new to the concept of Nidra, it is... Um, and feel free to expand mm-hmm. upon this, yeah. Michelle, from your perspective. But nidra is a Sanskrit word that means sleep. And yoga nidra is, I like to describe it as a guided meditation that you do lying down on your back. Much like you would perform Shavasana, but with all of the accoutrements of being in like this really cozy cocoon. So you want to pad the back of your head. You want to su- provide support for the cervical spine and the neck, the hips. Um, be warm and cozy and just lie back and have this experience of someone guiding you through a physical experience in your body and also um, it it can be kind of an emotional experience Mm -hmm. yeah just kind of going into the ether traveling through outer space exactly yeah you get messages you get insight you rest like it's it's magical rest yes it's, I use it when I'm exhausted and I come out of it feeling so much better mm-hmm. regardless of what's going on in my life. Yeah, I think that's actually one of the key differentiators of Yoga Nidra is the rest piece yeah. of it. That it's so restorative that mm-hmm. if you, I oftentimes, if I can't sleep at night, there was that period when we were going through Yoga Nidra training, I was having this weird bout of insomnia. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so... Nidra was the only thing really I felt like that kept me functioning on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. because I was maybe sleeping for two to three hours solid if if I was lucky and so I'd get up maybe at three o'clock mm-hmm. or four o'clock in the morning and have a Nidra practice um, I had the joy of being able to listen to my teacher her little voice in my ear you know, it's, it's magical <laughs> I mean it's it's kind of one of those things that can be used proactively and reactively. Mm-hmm. You know, like I find that I want to be as proactive as I can in keeping that that health around my sleep and just giving myself that space to really explore. But when you're troubled, like with you um, in your sleep, like it can be even when I am dealing with a lot of stress and waking up early with anxiousness, mm-hmm. I will do yoga, yoga nidra in the morning. Yeah, And because I see it like, I didn't sleep very well and or enough Mm -hmm. and I know I've got a big day ahead of me and I just need that deep rest yeah you know like that and plus it helps me to solve whatever is creating the anxiety Mm. underneath yeah yeah Yeah, and solving anxiety or like you said receiving messages is another key differentiator Mm -hmm. of a nidra practice what can you talk about that a little bit more like what have you experienced yeah in that way? no it's been incredible I um I never thought I I mean, honestly I, I've been practicing yoga for over 15 years probably going on 20 now and I did not have meditation as part of my practice for many years mm-hmm. and mostly because I thought I couldn't do it mm. and and so once I started learning about all these other forms of rest and and meditation and you know yoga nidra um for example I, I just found that it allowed me to let go to the point where I could release. And it seems almost when you're in that space of, 
of fear and confusion and stress, you don't even know a world outside of that. It's like if that becomes your world, Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, I would be able to go into this space, especially with Yoga Nidra, and I could be free Mm -hmm. from everything. Like I didn't, because when you're meditating, you almost don't know you're meditating. You're just out there in this darkness, not scary darkness, but you're just out. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> but I would find that sometimes, you know, I would have more of a lucid experience than a, um, than just a nothing experience, mm-hmm. which was lovely mm-hmm. itself. But the lucid would be where I would actually start to receive messages. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, there were, the one that brings me back the most was I had this, this situation with, an individual in my life and I couldn't figure out what they were teaching me or why we were together because we didn't feel very productive together there was a lot of clashing and um, and this was several years ago and I remember being in that space where I was a bit lucid in my meditation and I had this experience that showed me a whole different view of my relationship with that person mm. and it was it was life-changing in so many ways first of all it gave me this whole different perspective of how I would work with this individual because we think we know everything because we are so egocentric right we, we think oh I know exactly how this looks and feels and tastes and whatever but in reality there can always be other perspectives that we didn't get or we don't know yet mm-hmm. And, um, and when I had that, and it had been like seven years I had been working with that person, and, and when I got that information, it changed everything. Mm-hmm. And I had this heart full of compassion for the relationship, for the person, and I didn't have that before. And it just allowed me to be there in that relationship in a very different and much more productive way mm-hmm. than, than I was before. So when... I seek that now. Like when I when I go into my meditation, I it's either usually I just need to just let go and do whatever, I just rest and explore. I kind of just go on my explorations sometimes, but I also use my meditations to get inside and really understand what I'm missing or you know other perspectives and mm-hmm. insight into where I'm going or what I'm supposed to do with certain information. So I just love it now like I can't get enough of it Mm, something to look forward to yeah yeah that's pretty cool well and speaking of challenging situations and anxiety (laughs) this past year for so many of us has been ripe with that and um you know personally because I know you I know you've been going through some massive changes Mm -hmm. in your Mm -hmm. life um I'm wondering you you don't share whatever you feel comfortable with sharing but like highlights I know are uh, change to a new state, a new city, um, buying a home, mm-hmm. changing a job that you had been at for over a decade. How long? Oh, twenty three years. To- yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. multiple Big. decades. Big. Yeah. And and now it's like, you know, I'm wondering what you're doing next. So mm-hmm. that's so many questions. Yeah. You, if you want to start from, you know, the beginning, wherever you yeah. feel comfortable yeah. starting. Yeah, you know, um, I think back now that you put it in that perspective, I honestly didn't think about it until now, but, you know, I remember seeing a list of, like, the top 10 most stressful things you could go through, (laughs) (laughs) and I think about, you know, like, divorce and 
moving and job change and those big things, right? And now that I'm thinking about it, like, I did some pretty big things this past year in the midst of the pandemic, right? right? So, but um, I think that, so just to put it on the table, so I left the job that I'd been in for 23 years. Um, I moved into a brand new home out of state Mm -hmm. and, um, and I, you know, dealt with the challenges that we all are dealing with, with the uncertainty of the pandemic and Mm -hmm. the fear. But I, I, um, I have to say that there was something that felt, um, safe about what I was doing. Like, Mm. it's not like, I'm still not, I'm still in this place of the unknown. So I don't want to sugarcoat anything, but I really thought long and hard about what I was doing. Now, some of it, I couldn't control the timing, right? I, my house was ready to move in on a certain day and I moved in. Um, that was kind of in motion. Um, it was actually in motion first. That was the first thing that happened. And then a few months, well, then pandemic. And then a few months later came my job shift. But I think the, um, the thing that I did that I feel really helped me to stay grounded was I sought the guidance and help of a number of people. So mm-hmm. I kind of formed this tribe around me, if you will. Mm-hmm. I had a therapist, mm-hmm. like, uh, I really want to push that therapy is cool. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> like, agree. I think everybody should have a therapist just like you have a doctor, just like you have a friend, just like mm-hmm. it should be normal. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the next thing I did was I um, continued working with my life coach. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually hired a personal trainer. Mm, cool. I even went as far as working with a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. And, and I had access to healthcare at the time. And so I just decided, you know, I'm going to do these things. And I know that it's not easy for everybody to have all those people, but there are ways to do it. Sometimes one person can act as, you know, a number of experts, you know. So you, you just find the right, the right type of people. I'm not saying you have to have five different people. But I really felt like, I, I built this group around me that in one respect felt selfish, mm-hmm. but in another respect, it felt like this is what I need right now in my life, and I want to be as strong and healthy as I can be to move through this big shift that mm-hmm. is happening. And I have children and my husband, and you know I'm, I'm a, an important part of my family and in my friends' lives, and... And so I wanted to be able to be there for everybody and for myself. And I don't, you know, I I really value every day of my life. So I think that was probably the biggest thing that I felt really proud of. But going through it, like there were ups and downs and there were days that, you know, you question what you did. But there was something that was at the base of my decision to keep going. It just felt like it was time for me to... <clears throat> to listen to these other th- messages that I needed to be exploring. And, you know, I'd done my time in um, terms of exploring the path I was on with my job. And I had such an amazing life up until that point, like meeting people traveling the world. And But there was another thing calling me around um, my yoga and my coaching and my ability to to um, help people 
recognize their own opportunity for healing and to oper- uh, to own and live into their greatness. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that I started to do in parallel with my time that I had now had, which was like a, I'd never taken more than two weeks off in my life mm-hmm. from 16 when I started working. So when I had this time, I really wanted to use it wisely and mm-hmm. and feed my own soul and others. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. And I also think you hit on something key with the, like at the beginning of that feeling selfish mm-hmm. as you were gathering mm-hmm. your mentors, your tribe, your support system. I, I mean... I struggle with that too. I, cause so, so I can, first of all, I empathize with the word selfish. And also I feel like it's important to call it out and, and remind ourselves that being selfish doesn't have to be a negative thing mm-hmm. because we often say it with the negative connotation in mind. And I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. what you were doing, but I'm saying like, I think it's important as we all think about what a tumultuous year we had and maybe even continuing into 2021 certainly mm-hmm. it has been for me <laughs> no not you all but um <laughs> it's it's good to take care of yourself it's good to love on yourself and you can really only love others to the extent that you love yourself so being in my opinion being selfish is an act of love and it's not only an act of love for yourself but it's an act of love for those that are in your um household and in you know, wherever you come into contact with people these days, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to. Yeah, I think that's a really that good a point to to kind of explore a little bit more because you know our culture has created this perception that self care is like martyrdom. You know, mm-hmm. where you know, oh, lucky you that you have time to take a bath. Well, I didn't have time to take a bath today. Well, you know, that should not be like. First of all. If you don't have time to take a bath, then we need to address that mm-hmm. <laughs> in itself, right? Like, yeah. we, we've grown so much as a community, but we've grown apart. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to come back to where we, we connect in a way that is supportive. You know, if you go back hundreds of years, you know, you typically lived near your family members, like extended family, aunts and uncles and cousins. And, and, you know, you had this support system. And so you, you, you know, they say that the saying, the sayings, you know, it takes a village to raise a child and it takes a village to raise us all. Like, you know, we should be a village. And when we live in these homes, these beautiful homes, we're separated or any home, right? It doesn't, I shouldn't have said beautiful because it doesn't matter what kind of home you live in. But, but when you live in your home and you're, alienated and you're trying to be by yourself or you know raising your family or whatever it is you're trying to do it it's really difficult to do everything by yourself Mm -hmm. and we're not meant to do that Mm -hmm. so I think that if we have the opportunity to take care of ourselves in a way that allows us to be there for others then that's more important than anything and and I was able to do that right I was able to take care of myself and I, um, I didn't fall apart, you know, because I had people who were checking on me regularly and who were noticing if I was starting to fall apart. And, and they were helping me to get back up. 
Mm-hmm. And so what I want to do is do the same thing for people, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not what I want to do. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I look for people who not, I don't look for people, but I, when I'm talking to my friends and even people that I don't know at the grocery store, you know, I'll look for people that need something, you know, that mm-hmm. need just to be thanked or, you know, just to be acknowledged Yeah, because that's just, that's just what we should be doing for everybody. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. It reminds me of this experience I had on Friday. My husband and I were going out of town. And as we were getting ready, we were almost going to get on the freeway. And we were at a stoplight. And the guy to our right rolled down his window. He's like, hey, your back tire is low. And we were like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Because we were getting ready to drive up to Seattle, which is a long drive. drive. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, okay. Luckily, to our left was a gas station (laughs) with a pump, an air pump. So we pulled over, returned into the parking lot, and as we're getting ready to drive up next to the pump, there was a young guy there, and he um, looked, he was obviously stressed out. He was like rummaging around in his car, looking for coins, trying to get the pump to work, and he's like, he lo- he turns to me and he's, he's like, do you have two quarters by chance? Just exasperated and stressed out. And, I never have coins, but for some reason I did. I had exactly two quarters. (laughs) Exactly what he asked for. And I was like, well, yes, I do. Here you go. And um, he got the tire in his car, visibly relieved. He's like, thank you so much. And then he goes on his way. And then we're like, okay, it's our turn. So we we started to, you know how you can measure the PSI on your tire? We're like, oh, it's not even that low. Like, our tires are fine. And to me, in that moment, I was like, oh, this was supposed to happen. I was supposed to be here. We were supposed to take this extra five minutes or whatever it was to help this guy. This Mm -hmm. guy obviously needed help. Really bad. He needed, like, an angel to come and not... Not that I'm an angel, no, but he needed, like, he needed that kind of somebody's help. help. Mm-hmm. And so I so appreciate those little, those little like, nudges that life gives yeah. us that feel... They can... You know, depending on how you're feeling in that moment, if we were in a hurry, if we were like, oh, we have to get to Seattle by six o'clock and blah, 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 then we might have been irritated and missed that lesson and opportunity. So So true. I just think about community in that way. It doesn't have to be like every day I have to, um, you know, hang out with somebody or meet somebody new. But there's Mm -hmm. always these little moments of opportunity where... You can touch somebody, even just even with your mask on. Yeah. It makes a difference to smile. You can totally. see the smile the behind somebody's mask. Light up. Yeah, yeah. And what does that do? It's like yeah. it's like a yawn. It's mm-hmm. contagious. It is. Well, I was just gonna say, like it's you create a ripple. Mm-hmm. You re- create a ripple of goodness that flows through the world because you just changed his day. Like he was clearly distraught over the fact that he couldn't find two quarters. Like, we have no idea where he was going Exactly. Next. He yeah. could have been going... I'm sure he was going somewhere very important, mm-hmm. right? Because he needed that. You saw that that distraught behavior. But when we, when we just take a moment to do just something mm-hmm. kind, we create a ripple. Yeah. You know, we create that. And it flows through because that changes his demeanor. And then the next person, and then the next person, and then the next person. So it just keeps going. So I couldn't agree more. I mean, if we have the opportunity to influence somebody in such a loving and positive way, you know, it doesn't take much. Yeah, two quarters. It really doesn't. Yeah, two quarters. 
and a five minute stop. Yeah. (laughs) So what is the future? You know, if you're if you're seeing into your future, because right now you're building. Are you building a new business right now? So I've been coaching individuals, Uh and I um, am still teaching yoga. Mm. Um, I teach a lot of different classes. I teach four different classes each week. And I've been conducting some workshops, and I'm actually volunteering as well with a, a nonprofit. So I have my hands in a lot of different things right now. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what does that look like? How can I continue to have this freedom to, to do as much as I'm doing mm-hmm. um, and still make a living? So that's something I'm, I'm working on. Yeah. Um, so it's to be continued. Cool. To be determined. Yeah. And are you teaching classes through Imagine Yoga Studio? No, I actually started to just teach myself. Oh, I, cool. I just teach out of my home. And, mm-hmm. and I have to tell you that the most interesting thing I've noticed is that the communities, like I, I teach young, I teach people of all ages mm-hmm. uh, anyhow, but I did create early on in September of last year, I partnered with my my friend's daughter who was um, at the time she was I think she was 12 and and I just had this um, this compassion for these kids going through this mm-hmm. pandemic and dealing with school and you know their the uncertainty of everything in their lives and and so we together my young friend and I created a teen yoga and meditation oh. mindfulness oh, class cool. yeah and so that has continued on and I absolutely love working with them now we're exploring more of like a mixed approach of um, yoga and then chair yoga so they can do things while they're sitting at their desk mm-hmm. but the other thing that was really interesting is I started to um, expand my regular classes like my calm class and my alignment class but I noticed that my older um, practitioners were struggling in certain poses, not just older people, but any type of limitation. They were struggling to maybe sit a certain way on the floor or, you know, there just were limitations. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up creating a chair yoga class for people that um, had limited mobility. Mm-hmm. And that class, talk about, they, they show up every week. Mm-hmm. They, they just are so willing to explore and and move their bodies in ways that they can, mm-hmm. but they just show up. Yeah. And um and I I chose early on to incorporate like usually about ten minutes of uh, meditation, mm-hmm. guided meditation at the end of each class. And I think that has been a huge help. Like, I can't speak for all of them, but I, I, I know that they've shared their feedback with me. Just having that time to let go, mm-hmm. and like we talked about at the beginning, you know, just having access to actually meditating, even though you might think you're not able to. Mm-hmm. So those, um, those few minutes at the end of all the classes, it's just so wonderful to watch everybody because, like, the, the young kids, they just, like, go into this most of them curl up in a cocoon on their side or you know and then and then people that are sitting in their chairs just kind of go into this space of just relaxation and Mm -hmm. some of the other people are like just show me the way and um it's just been so lovely to to see everybody navigating in you know help helpful ways you know there's nothing 
more lovely than a good yoga class and a meditation that you know for yeah getting you through these days of yeah craziness yeah so yeah and oh I, I'm so I'm happy to hear that there's an offering for a chair yoga specific class I don't see that that often I know. and this is you do this um on your own platform, do you have a? I just I can share a website or. Um, a link I to they that. can reach out to me. I mean, we can we can put that in the notes of yeah. that class on how they can reach out to me. But, you know, it it just turned out that I started doing it through my own. My husband helped me set up my studio, mm-hmm. and I have the ability to um, have people just uh, dial in through Zoom, and mm-hmm. and everything they need is there and. Um, Great. Well, I little... definitely want to share that yeah. with oh, yeah, listeners I'd love to. who yeah. I think chair yoga is such a wonderful it, thing. You know, and it's it's kind of one of, I, I think it's becoming more and more uh, as a, an available option to people, not just because of limited mobility, but yeah, I think yeah. that it's really important to learn about your body in this position, in this mm-hmm. seated position, because it's actually quite difficult for the body to stay in this seated position. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you from all the work I had to do with my, uh, you know, doctors, you know, even my um, physical trainer uh, or personal trainer, because, you know, we, there were muscles in my body that had stopped working right mm-hmm. because I had been seated so long working in a desk yeah. all day, every day. Yeah. So anyhow, the other thing that was fascinating about chair yoga is that it's accessible to everybody, mm-hmm. right? Like young kids, teens, um, adults, like people with limited mobility, like you can do so much just from a chair. And not that it's easier because you can do poses that are very challenging mm-hmm. with a chair. It can become a prop mm-hmm. and allow you to do things that you never imagined, mm-hmm. but it can also be, uh, you know, less intense and just a support structure for you to be able to move your body freely Mm -hmm. so so there's i think you know chair yoga was just something that didn't seem to be very mainstream but i think now people are realizing that there's so much value to learn how you can be moving safely and effectively just stretching and and um bringing prana and life force back to your body as you Mm -hmm. sit Mm -hmm. for hours yeah well I think that's so important too from the perspective of an office Mm -hmm. worker or if you're traveling a lot and you're sitting on a plane you know as things start to open up and and ramp up absolutely we might find ourselves sitting even more (laughs) absolutely like yeah I I mean you can't go wrong taking a chair yoga class and Mm -hmm. I think it just teaches you awareness mm-hmm. and and it absolutely teaches you ways to position your body in the most effective way to allow yourself to still get the circulation you need and mm-hmm. and to not actually have a low back pain yeah when you oh, stand up yeah right yeah. you know cuz there's just so much strain on your low back when you're seated so um you can you can sit in a proper way and and uh, can we have like a really short just can you uh, can you adjust me in my seat right yes. now? Like, talk so, me through this. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. So the first thing I would recommend is you can, if you you have access to either pronging your fingers or grabbing the edge of the seat, but mm-hmm. lift your, your bottom up and let it sit back so that your, your bottom's a little bit behind so that you actually have a tall spine. Okay. And then allow your spine from the tailbone all the way to the crown 
to be really long and tall. Mm -hmm. And then just take a nice deep breath in and just let everything out. And just allow yourself to be supported by the surface below you as you focus on your breath. And just breathing in through your nose and out through your nose. You don't have to adjust anything around your breath. Just let it flow. And just notice, take a moment as you're breathing just to notice what feels good. And you can soften your forehead and your throat, relax your jaw. See if you can melt your shoulders a little bit further away from your ears. Soften your chest and your upper back, your belly and your low back. And just bring ever so slight a smile to your face. So that's how we start mm. our classes. I love that. I feel so relaxed. Yeah, and it just it makes a huge difference when you allow your body to have the proper circulation and mm -hmm. flow, and you can do so much with your breath seated, seated. You know, you can, and and then once you start to do it more, you realize when you're sitting on the the couch or at the dinner table that there's ways that you can help your body mm -hmm. to to function better so that you won't hurt when you're standing or laying in bed. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, Michelle, I'm so excited for everyone to get to experience your chair yoga, and I would like to, too. Do you have, like, a regular... I'm, I'm going to share this in the show yeah. notes, but just for my edification, is it um, once a week? Is I do. It... I teach these classes once a week at a certain day and time, and I'm happy to share that information. And, you know, if there's enough interest, I can add classes, so mm -hmm. it okay, just depends. I'm, I'm open to that, and, yeah, I, I can do one-on-one -on -one settings as well. Mm -hmm. I'm open to... Ooh, pretty yeah. much anything right now. Oh, I love that. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, all right, so this will be my last question. I want to be mindful. Sure, of absolutely. Time. And you, before we started recording, Michelle shared with me a pretty cool motto. And so I want to hear, and this might be the answer to it. And if it's not, yeah, maybe we can throw it in there. <laughs> um, but what words of wisdom do you live by? is the question. Oh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a few things that come to mind. Um, what was the one I told you? I'm blanking on the one I told you. You were describing this project that you had been working on and you were telling me about the ethos of the project itself. So I couldn't tell you word for word. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's a few things. I mean, I was rambling earlier, so I, I know I covered quite a bit, but there's a few things that come to mind, and I think when we, it goes back to even what we were saying earlier, you know, one of the first things that I think is so important is that we focus on ourselves so that we can be there for others, you know, mm -hmm. for um, taking care of ourselves. But I think that the other thing that I'm super passionate about right now is exploring as much as I can in this world, and, and that has some perceived obstacles because when you explore sometimes you face things that seem a little scary mm -hmm. but I have to say you know I 
and this is with the help of my guides that I mentioned, because some of my guides were really um, pushing me to take on things that I was, you know, a little wary of. Mm -hmm. But when I did the things that, you know, I had in front of me that I needed to do, it was pretty empowering. Mm -hmm. And I think when you when you go out and you take the opportunity to explore, there's so much that comes from that experience. There's learnings, there's obstacles that you get to overcome, there's there's things that you learn that you like, there's things that you learn that you don't care for. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, with my friends and my family, especially my kids, I'm always talking to them about exploring because you can always you know, like, if you don't know something, then by exploring, you get to determine whether, you know, it resonates with you. But if you don't do it, then you will never know. Mm-hmm. So, so the best thing that I focus on is just getting out there and challenging myself. And there's the, the other thing that's come up quite frequently, um, even today in one of my conversations with a client was just taking steps mm-hmm. towards whatever it is you're you're trying to work on. And and sometimes, you know, you don't have to go all the way to the end. Like it's it's what's the next tiny step that you need to make, you know? And what does it feel like? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take another one. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take another one. So far so good. And before you know it, you're like 20 steps in and you're like, "What was I afraid of?" <laughs> like this is this is fine. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm totally fine. But and, and all along those tiny steps, you're building confidence over and over and over. And before you know, you look back and you're like, wow, I could, I, I'm pretty impressed, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like that's really been my mantra is just like challenging myself because, you know, you you know, when you walk along a certain path, sometimes you let things go. You know, when I was working in corporate America, you know, I. I didn't do certain things as much, like personal passions, like mm-hmm. writing, and you know, and I got away from that. And so when I when I went to write, I'm like, I don't have anything to say. Like I don't, I have no words of wisdom. I don't even have a clue. But w- I just kind of said, I'm not going to look at anybody else's writings. I'm not going to research what I have to talk about. I'm just going to talk about it. And I wrote about it. Mm-hmm. And then the next time I wrote about it, and then the next time I wrote about something else. And then before I knew it. I'm like, this is kind of fun, you know, this feels good. So I think if, if I had any words of wisdom, it would be to, to really pursue some of those things that you are passionate about, but that you might be afraid to conquer, you know, to, to um, like you're afraid of failing or afraid of loving mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever your fear is, try to honor it mm-hmm. and, and, and acknowledge it and if it's your inner critic talking to you you know just acknowledge those words of advice you know your inner critics trying to protect you and there are times when you need to go beyond what your inner critic believes you should be doing mm-hmm. so in those moments that seem a little bit scary if you just let that inner critic know that you've got this mm-hmm. I'm good thank you for your advice but I'm gonna try this yeah then it doesn't feel so scary and mm-hmm. you know you just realize that it's okay I can do this and, mm-hmm. and then you're really proud of it yeah. so thank you I really appreciate that you um, address the inner critic 
I think that's such a key step that yeah. we oftentimes forget unless we're really practiced at working with our mm -hmm. internal monologue. Mm -hmm. And I so appreciate that because I have such a strong, I call it my judge. Yeah. My judge is so judgy. <laughs> yeah, they really are. And so it's helpful yeah. though because it's your inner judge is like, hey, I'm just trying to protect you. Yeah. It's helpful to acknowledge though. So thank you for saying yeah. that. And and then to not let the judge be the one that's driving mm -mm. and making the decisions yeah. all the time. Because oftentimes it is coming from a place of fear. And maybe yeah. there's some maybe some of that is warranted. Like there is a certain there amount could. of risk. Yeah. Right? You, you you want to acknowledge it. That's why you yeah. honor it. Because if there is advice in there that's like saying to you I wouldn't recommend that you do that because the risk is extremely great, you mm -hmm. know, and it's, you know, could potentially cost you your life. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to listen. Like there are times when your inner critic is truly something you need to, the words, those words need to be heated. You mm -hmm. know, you need to listen to those. But, but oftentimes what we face on a daily basis is just like, yeah, you know, you don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. Or that's, you know, what happens if, you know, you do this, then everybody's going to think you're that, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you're putting yourself out there, but. I tell you, you know, when you put yourself out there, I think that's that's when you you grow exponentially. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get vulnerable with yourself, I think that's that's kind of the key word these days. Is, you know, Brene Brown is amazing, and she talks about the power of vulnerability. And I couldn't agree more. Like, I think there is something so empowering, not only for you but for everyone around you. Mm -hmm. The moment you get vulnerable, you give permission to everybody that has a contact with you that you know that they can do the same. Mm -hmm. And then when we operate from that place of authenticity and vulnerability, then you get to see the real everybody. Yeah. And then you realize that this perceived whatever it is, like, you know, um, achievement or or whatever some of these things aren't even real mm -hmm. like so so the more you you just act in this authentic way the more everybody gets to do the same mm -hmm. and then we're we're normalized back to where we're human and we're interacting with our fears and weaknesses and strengths and whatever they are mm -hmm. you know we get to do it together yeah mm. i love that thank you so much You're michelle welcome. Thanks for inviting us into your beautiful yes, home. Yes, you're welcome. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I will be definitely sharing links to Michelle's, all of your yoga classes, yes. but I'd love yeah. to highlight chair yoga. I think that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so if you have any questions for us, please um, let me know and take care of yourselves. Be selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, or even requests for future podcast topics, please feel free to reach out to me on the social media handles, Facebook at Tessa Marie Tovar, Instagram, Yogi underscore Katniss, um, email address, Tessa.Tovar, that's T-O-V as in Victor, A-R at iCloud.com. I love to hear from my students and I'm always happy to talk about this kind of thing for you. If you don't listen, I don't do this. And my goal is to spread the word about what yoga means on and off the mat in particular, spreading the word outside of the studio. 
Thanks for tuning in and have a lovely day. Bye.